If you have your Bible this morning, first turn to Matthew chapter 28, and we're going to go through a couple of different scriptures this morning, but our base scripture is right there in Matthew chapter 28, um, starting, I'm just going to read from verse 18, and then we'll uh, go over to Acts chapter 1 in just a moment. Matthew chapter 28, I'm reading from the New King James Version of the Bible, and uh, it says this, beginning at verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority. How much is left out of all? It's all. That's everything. Nothing's left out of all. He, so he has it all. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Funny thing, because right after this, he ascended into heaven. But there's still authority he has on earth. Hmm. And he says, go, therefore, in other words, because of this, all authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. And because of this, go. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. All things that I have commanded you. Things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always even to the end of the age so even with that command he gave us a promise didn't he he said I am with you even until the end of the age until it's all over I'll be right there with you don't worry about it I'm with you I'm with you this is what we have come to know as the Great Commission something that right before Jesus in the in the physical form that we uh, knew him in left this earth he gave us a commission. Just like when we dedicated that child this morning, uh, we didn't just pray for the child, but we gave the parents a commission. They, have, they play a part in it too. And so Jesus gave us a commission. We call it the Great Commission. Now I know when you hear this, you think, oh, you know, Jesus wants us to go, but listen, I'm not an evangelist. I'm not a person that I'm, I'm shy or I'm not a talker. I haven't been given the gift of gab or, you know, I'm just, that's not me. I'm not that way. But I want to let you know this morning that the Go Church has Go Power. You have power to be able to do everything that Jesus called you to do. You look at uh, the first chapter of Acts. Just flip over a couple of books to Acts. And if you go all the way down, actually, let me just start at verse 4, and I'm going to get down to verse 8 of Acts. Verse 4 of chapter 1 says this, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which, he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Verse 6, Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. Verse 8, But you shall receive power... When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Interesting phrase there right at the end of that. You know, you look at those verses of Scripture, 
and you see how uh, his disciples and those that were around Jesus were asking him, are you going to now restore the kingdom unto Israel? They're looking for him to restore it unto Israel. And he had uh, an interesting response. Um, and I think you'll find it interesting as we look at a couple of more scriptures. But he said, it's not for you to know the times and the seasons which the Father has put in its own hands. But, 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 but you have been given power. I don't think this was just an ethnic pride from Israel. This is something that was prophesied. This is something that was actually promised to them. He told them, listen, start here. I want you to go out, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Six words, the ends of the earth. Heos eschatatye, just three words in the Greek. The ends of the earth. I was thinking about where they were starting from, from Jerusalem, and I looked up how far it is from Jerusalem to Bloomington, Indiana, 6,295 miles as the crow flies. And so, you know, when, when he talks about the ends of the earth, I believe he was also talking about us right here in Bloomington, Indiana. Amen? All the way to San Diego, J Tokyo, Japan, the Philippines, Australia, the ends of the earth everywhere and so when they were asking Jesus are you going to now restore the kingdom here in Israel here in Jerusalem I believe Jesus had a much bigger thought and a much bigger plan in mind now mind you has to start there so the chosen people he has called them aside for such a time as this starts here and goes out Isaiah 49, 6, listen to what it says. Indeed, he says, it is too small a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved ones to Israel. I will also give you as a light to the Gentiles that you should be my salvation to the ends of the earth. This was spoken through the prophet Isaiah, the Great Commission, way back <laughs> Two, three, four thousand years ago, before this time, he spoke the Great Commission already. But it's interesting when God spoke this, the Holy Spirit, he said it is too small a thing. I think that sometimes in our mind, we think it's just a small thing. And God is saying, this is the main thing. This is why you're here. And you have power. Don't look to someone else. I was thinking about Mary. The angel came to Mary and said, the creator of the universe will be formed in flesh and he will come and be birthed through you. Can you imagine what she must have felt? Why me? Maybe God said to her, why not you? And I believe she would say back, okay, but why me? Why me? The creator of the universe paid special attention to Mary. Can I tell you something this morning? With what Jesus told the disciples and what Jesus is telling us, I believe that he wants you to know that he is paying special attention to you. 
Yes, it is true. Jesus may not be born through you. But he's saying to you, it is too small a thing for you to be my servant. Just to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved one to Israel. I think that's a great task, Isaiah 49, 6. He said, I will also give you, I will give you as a light to the Gentiles that you should be my salvation to the ends of the earth. Of course, here it's, it's, it's uh, being prophetic about the Messiah, but we just read that all power has been given to me, Jesus said, in heaven and in earth. And last week, if you were here, we established that we are Jesus on the earth. We are the body of Christ, the church. He is the head in heaven. If he's going to do something on earth, he's going to do it through his church. It starts there, just as it starts in Israel and goes out. Not that there shouldn't be other things. There shouldn't be other ministries. I love Salvation Armory. I love Kairos Ministry. I love, uh, you know, Campus Crusade for Christ and all the ministries that you want to name. But I want to tell you this morning that God has a plan and a way that he does things. And the church is God's power on earth. His Holy Spirit comes to the church first. If you don't believe that, uh, read a little bit further in Acts. And you'll see that the great man, Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, when the church jumped off in Antioch and things started to get going, Barnabas was there. And he said, hold on, I got to go get Paul because I know there's something special about him. I mean, this is a man that God knocked to the ground, Jesus did, blinded him. He spent three days blind and he went and got ministered to, baptized, spent time with the, the other apostles. I know there's something special about him, so I'm going to go get him. So he brought him to Antioch, but guess what? When Paul came to Antioch, he just didn't take over and start telling people what to do. He started to serve in the church. He was serving in the church for two years before the Holy Spirit then said, set aside unto me Barnabas and Saul, Barnabas and Paul, for I have a mission for them. And then they laid hands on them and they sent them. See, it begins in the church. So I was telling you last week that you're special. God has a way that he does things. First in Jerusalem, then in Judea, then Samaria, then the uttermost parts of the earth. And you may be thinking, well, I'm a, like I said, you know, Mike, I'm a person who really, I don't talk that much and I don't think that that's for me. But I want to tell you that God is, look, God loves the world. God loves the universal church. God loves everyone. God is everywhere at all times. He's the ruler and master of the universe. But we must understand, and you must understand, that God loves you, just like he did Mary. He loves you specifically. He loves you. He knows your name, and he loves you. And he's given you power to be his witness. He said it in Acts 1.8. I will, when my Holy Spirit is poured out upon you, I will give you power from on high. And you will be my witnesses. Came right on the heels of that. We can't even witness without the power of the Holy Spirit. But he's given us the power to be his witnesses. Acts 13, 47 says this, For the Lord has commanded us, I have set you as a light to the Gentiles, that you should be for salvation to the ends of the earth. Quoting Isaiah. See, God set us to be a light. 
And it doesn't always have to be someone who's a great orator, someone who's a great speaker, someone who's able to debate very well. Because I can guarantee you, you get into a debate with an unbeliever who, who believes what they don't believe. Come on. And uh, you're not going to win the debate in the natural. You just won't do it. So, so you don't have to be a great debater. But what's he calling us to be? He said, I will set you as a light, an example. Remember, turn over to Luke for me. Luke chapter 9. Here's what I'm getting to with all of this. You can do this. You can do this. God has commanded us, Jesus has commanded us to go and you can do this. Before he did anything else, before you get your great preaching ministry or before you do your, uh, other, your, your great outreach ministry and all of those things uh, that, that you feel like your purpose is in life, this is the most basic of purposes. Go. Share my gospel. Share my love that I shared with you. Share the forgiveness. Because remember in John 10.10, 10, the enemy comes to what? Steal, kill, who remembers, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and what? Have it more abundantly. If that's not good news, I don't know what good news is. When the king of the universe, the creator of the universe says, I came here so that you would have life and have it more abundantly, I don't know how you can't get excited about that. And if you're excited about it, you'll share it with others. He never meant for you to keep it to yourself. Start, start way back here in, in, in chapter 9, verse 57. And I'm going to go all the way down through verse 12 of chapter 10. But look. What, what happens here? Now it happened as they journeyed on the road, this is talking about the disciples and Jesus, that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus said to him, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Then he said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. And another said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are in my house. But Jesus said to them, no one having put his hand to the plow, looking backward, is fit for the kingdom of heaven. Now, that doesn't mean you don't learn from the past. That doesn't mean you don't glance back to make sure, uh, you know, you, you build on what's behind you. He said, looking backward. You ever tried driving a car on the highway, looking backward? Not glancing to see, I'm talking about looking backward. Now you get the picture? Anyone with his hand to the steering wheel and his foot on the gas, looking backward is not fit for the road. You're not fit for the kingdom of heaven if you're looking backward, Jesus is saying. So what's he saying? Is he being insensitive? He's saying, no, there is good news and there are people that need you. There are people out there that don't know me that need you and I will work through you I've given you the power to witness to them to share the gospel with them to be a light and an example unto them the way you live your life I have given you something that will draw the unbeliever unto me 
So I know that you're concerned about your 401k plan, as you should be. I know that you're concerned about getting your house paid off, as you should be. I know that you're concerned, Pastor, about the ministries in the church and growing the church, as you should be. I know you're concerned about all of these things, but at a very base level, if you don't fulfill the purpose that I told the whole church, go, therefore, teach preach, make disciples, and baptize. If you're not fulfilling that, you're not fulfilling my purpose. You're not fulfilling it. It's at the very base level. Well, look, we come up with excuses. Well, Lord, I, you know, I need to do a couple things. Listen, <laughs> let the dead bury their dead. You got your hand to the plow now. You got your hand to the plow now. I want you looking forward. You want an exciting life? Live a life and do whatever he says do. Live a life for Jesus. You want an exciting life. He'll give you an exciting life. Watch now in verse 1 of chapter 10. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and every place where he himself was about to go. He sent them ahead and he's about to go. You know, a lot of times we pray, uh, Lord, just go before me and pave the way. He does do that. He, he absolutely does do it. But look at what happens here. It's the opposite. I'm about to go. I'm about to cause some havoc in this city. You go first. Preach my word. Show how it's supposed to be done. Do, tell them the things that I taught you. And I'll come in and I'm going to clean it up. <laughs> well, he's already gone ahead of us. He's already working on their heart. Come on now. Then he said to them, the harvest is truly great. Truly great. But the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest and send out the laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. Know that. Come on, folks. Carry neither money bag, knapsack, sandal. Greet no one along the road, but whatever house you enter, say peace to this house. And if the son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it. If not, it will return to you. Your peace will return to you. See, I'm trying to tell you this morning that it's not your job to save anybody. He said, go and speak peace. No matter what they're speaking, they're talking about you, they're offending you, speak peace. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking such things as they give for the laborer is worthy of his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whatever city you enter, they receive you. Eat such things as are set before you. And then listen to, what, listen to his command. Now, these are regular people. It says he sent the 70 out. Come on. Didn't say he sent the 70 special uh, apostles that he had called aside and, uh, you know, filled with the Holy Spirit uh, for 27 days and gave them uh, 45 weeks of first principles class and gave them a kingdom class for a year and now he's sending them out. No. No, no. This is you and me. And heal the sick, verse 9. You and me. Heal the sick and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you. But whatever city you enter and they do not receive you, go out into its streets and say the very dust of your city which clings to us, we will wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come to you. The kingdom of God has come to you. This is what we're supposed to share. You and me. And then flip over to Matthew. It's the last one I'll take you to. Matthew chapter 14. And I'm getting to a point. I'm coming to it. Matthew chapter 14, you know this story well. Go down to verse 22. Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. The Bible says, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and, before, and go before him. Again, they're going before Jesus. 
to the other side while he sent the multitude away. He just got done speaking to the multitudes. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Evening came, he was alone. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost, and they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Interesting there, uh, you, you know, Peter's not so different than a lot of us. Jesus said, it is me. Peter said, Lord, if it's you. Man just said, it's me. And he says, if it's you, we do that, come on. But Jesus just shined that on. And what happens here is, uh, he said, well, then command me to come down out of the boat. C- command me to walk on the water. And Jesus, one word, come, come on. Now, let me ask a question here. Do you think Jesus would have spoken that one word to tell Peter to come out of the boat if he would not have given him the power and the ability to walk on the water. Would Jesus have said, well, go ahead, take a chance. Let's see what you can do. No, in the, in the come, Peter under, was undergirded with the power, the authority, and the ability to carry out what Jesus told him to do. When Jesus says to you, go, in that word go is the power, the ability, and the authority to do what he's called you to do. Jesus is not going to send you out without the ability and the authority and the, and the power to do what he's called you to do, to fulfill the purpose. Every time Jesus speaks, he gives you power to do what he's telling you to do. And so you see in the scripture from Isaiah, you see in the scripture from Acts 13 that uh, God said, I'm, I'm going to make you a light. I'm going to, what does a light do? A light shines and you know it, it illuminates. First of all, a light illuminates what's really there. What's really there? A light will shine on it. You know, there are a lot of things, there are a lot of gray areas in the world. You know, a lot of confusion when you talk about uh, all the things that are in the world. I won't, I won't speak about any specifically, but all the things that we have facing us today, a lot of gray areas. When a light comes, it illuminates what's really there. What's really there. And then the next thing a light does is a light attracts attention. You ever notice that? A light attracts attention. A light, if you're, if you're walking in sort of a dark place, you're walking outside somewhere and uh, it's at nighttime and all of a sudden you see a light, what do you do? You turn and look. Most people do. Maybe everybody does it. I know if I saw a light flicker, what was that? A light. A light attracts attention. That's what you're supposed to do. A lot of us don't like to attract attention. And then the third thing a light does is a light shows the way. This is on their hand, it's way down at the bottom. A light shows the way. Which way should I go? A light. Oh, there's the path. Let us walk that way. Now I know which way to walk. So a, a light, if you, it, I'm not really sure what's in the room. What would your mother tell you to do? Turn on the light. 
she might tell me, turn on the light, dummy. And then you'll see where you're going. A light's supposed to attract attention to you, and a light's supposed to show the way. That's what Jesus is calling you to do. Now, just a side note, we don't have time for a whole other teaching on faith, but I want to tell you, if you don't know the way, you can't show the way. Come on, somebody. You don't know the way. I'm not just only talking about uh, having confessed Jesus, but I'm talking about if you're not, if you, if you're not at least attempting in your heart <laughs> to love the Lord and walk in kingdom principles, come on, speaking God's word, you can't show the way. You're going to show the wrong way. Come on. We're to show the way. And so that's what kind of church we are. We're a go church. Here's what a go church is. There's a lot of stuff I skipped in all these notes, but a, a go church is this. First and foremost, a praying church. We must pray. Here's what, here's what Jesus, he, he told him. He said, listen, I want you to go into Jerusalem. Don't leave there. Go to the upper room. You know what they were doing in the upper room? They were praying. They were fellowshipping. I'm sure they had to eat at some point. But they were praying. They were praying. While they were praying, the Holy Spirit fell upon them. The Go Church, the Go Church is a praying church, number one. Number two, the Go Church, just as we said, is an illuminating church. Come on, people want to know what, what, what's the deal with that church. You know what? Uh, a lot of people say that, uh, you know, bad press is bad press. I've heard other people say that. Bad, you know, any press is good press. Of course, we don't want, uh, you know, as any church, not just our church, but any church, we don't, we don't want somebody to look at us in a negative light. We try to do uh, what we're called to do, uh, but we try to be good to people. We don't want people to look at us in a negative light. But I do want to mention this to you. We must not compromise, come on, God's word, his standards, that doesn't mean be mean. That doesn't mean think that you're better than someone else. That doesn't mean look down on others, including other church. That's not what that means. But it just means that you, we cannot compromise who we are. And so with that, if others talk about us in a negative light, guess what? Tough. Too bad. <laughs> We're an illuminating church. We, we bring the light. And so what happens is if people talk about us in a negative light and we're fulfilling God's calling for our lives and our church, all we're doing is illuminating what's really there. And it's their choice. Come on. That's where you wipe the dust off your sandals and say the kingdom of God is here for you. Accept it or not. God even tells us, I lay before you life and death. And he gives you a little hint. Here's a little hint. Choose life. Come on. The Go Church is a praying church. The Go Church is an illuminating church. And finally, the Go Church is a powerful church. I just want to end with this. The Go Church should be a church. We, we don't serve God because of results. I know that. We don't serve God simply because God gives, gives us results. But the Go Church should be a church that has power and brings results. The Go Church should be a church that's bringing people uh, who are lost to the Lord and to the kingdom of God. The Go Church should be a church that's affecting people in our city and changing lives. I know I've asked this question before, and I think every local church should ask this question. If our church closed its, our local church, if our local church closed its doors tomorrow, would anybody in our city miss our church? Would anybody even care? Would they miss it? And so that's the question that we have to ask ourselves. And if the answer to that question is, uh, no, not really, 
then I don't know that we're fulfilling what Jesus told us to do. Go. I think we're doing uh, the opposite of that. Stay. Jesus never said stay. He said, go. <laughs> go. And with that, you have the power. You have the authority. He's given you the wisdom. He's given you the know-how. He's given you knowledge. He's given you all those things. Even though you don't think you have them, he's given you all of those things to do what he's called you to do. So here it is. You are a church with power. You just settle that in your mind. You're a go church with power. Well, you know, Brother Mike, I just don't know because, you know, this thing happened, that thing happened. I, God never asked what happened and how you fell short. Now, now we got to get that right. Again, you can't, uh, you can't show the way if you don't know the way. But God's looking for your heart. If he has your heart, doesn't mean you'll never make another mistake. So don't look at your mistakes. Settle it in your mind this morning that you have power and you know the way. You're the authority. Can I tell you that this morning? Not because of how much you know and you're so smart, but because you have Jesus. I know that kind of sounds uh, cliche-ish, doesn't it? It kind of sounds like, duh. But we don't act that way. You're the authority. Not the theological authority, but you're the authority to bring people to Jesus. You know eternal life. You know how to get that. I haven't memorized all the scriptures. I don't know all the eschatology. I don't know all of those things. But you want to know how, you want to know about salvation? You want to know about eternal life? You want to know how God blesses and how good God is? I'm the authority. I, I mean, I'm not trying to brag, but I'm just going to tell you, I'm the authority on that. I can tell you. And you want to know the biggest reason why? Come on, Don. Because he did it to me in my own life. I personally uh, have, have felt that from God. So I'm telling you, if he'll do it for me, he'll do it for you. This is the attitude that we need to have. Amen.